This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Thanks, Jim and Debbie, for beginning our worship for today. Welcome to this worship service, good neighbors. You're listening to a Neighbors United in Christ parish worship service sponsored by the Lutheran churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Pastor Greg Wilcox. Thanks today to Debbie Tagg and Jim Haugerud, our musicians. Thanks to Steve Helling, who will be reading our lessons and sharing the children's message with us. Thanks to our recording engineer, Isaac Christensen, for keeping us on track and putting this recording together. Many thanks to each of you who are listening today. You can listen to each weekly service live at 8 a.m. on WPCA Radio at 93.1 FM or live on their website at wpcaradio.org each Sunday morning. And you can also listen anytime through our podcast which is available on your smartphone via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website, which is nuicparish.org. I encourage you to subscribe and listen to our services whenever you get the chance, and to our new services, which download each Sunday morning. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577 by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, or through our website, which again is nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Steve Helling. Thanks to Steve for his generosity in sponsoring this broadcast. We depend on the generosity of listeners like you and like Steve to keep this broadcast going. Jesus said that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Even though we aren't all together in church today, we are gathered in Jesus' name and he is present with each of us, wherever we might be today. His presence with us is a gift we celebrate and proclaim as we worship together. 
We're in the season of Advent. As you participate in our worship service today, you may want to have a blue cloth to lay before you, a candle, a cross, and a Bible to follow along with our Bible readings for today. I'd like to use the a prayer for the Advent wreath as we continue our service. And each week in church, not only our church, but in Christian churches around the country and around the world, congregations are lighting the Advent wreath. We uh, lit the first candle last week. This coming week, it'll be the second candle. And here's the little prayer that goes with that lighting. We praise you, O God, for this circle of light that marks our days of preparation for Christ's Advent. As we light the candles on this wreath, kindle within us the fire of your spirit, that we may be light shining in the darkness. Enlighten us with your grace, that we may welcome others as you have welcomed us. Grant this through Christ our Lord, whose coming is certain and whose days draw near. Amen. We continue then with our confession and forgiveness, and I'll be using this particular form of confession and forgiveness for each of our services through the Advent season. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who alone does wonders, who lifts up the lowly and fills the hungry with good things. Amen. Let us confess our sin, trusting in the tender mercy of our God. God, for whom we wait, in the presence of one another, we confess our sin before you. We fail in believing that your good news is for us. We falter in our call to tend your creation. We find our sense of self in material wealth. We fear those different than ourselves. We forget that we are your children and turn away from your love. Forgive us, blessed one, and assure us again of your saving grace. Amen. Hear then the absolution. God in Christ has looked with favor upon you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, your sins are all forgiven. You are children of the Most High, inheritors of the eternal promise, and recipients of divine mercy. God strengthens you anew to follow the way of peace. Amen. I'll ask Jim and Debbie to come again for our gathering songs, please. Soon and very soon We are going to see the King Soon and very soon We are going to see the King Soon and very soon We are going to see the King Alleluia, alleluia We're going to see the King No more crying there We are going to see the King No more crying there We are going to see the King No more crying there We are going to see the King Alleluia, alleluia We're going to see the King No more dying there We are going to see the King No more dying there we are going to see the King No more dying there We are going to see the King Alleluia, alleluia We're going to see the King Soon and 
soon We are going to see the King Soon and very soon We are going to see the King Hallelujah, hallelujah We're going to see the King Oh beautiful star of Bethlehem Shining far through shadows dim Giving the light for those who
Thanks, Jim and Debbie, for that beautiful song. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please join your hearts with mine as I pray the prayer of the day. Let us pray. Stir up our hearts, Lord God, to prepare the way of your only Son. By his coming, strengthen us to serve you with purified lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I'll invite Steve to come at this time and read our lessons and do the children's message for us. The first reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanied him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Here ends the first reading. Our psalm today is Psalm 85, verses 1 and 2 and 8 through 13. Hear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am devoted to you. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Among the gods there is none like you, O Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, O Lord. They will bring glory to your name, for you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever, for great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths of the grave. Here ends the psalm. The second reading is from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 15. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 
But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed it is coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promises, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. Here ends the second reading. Good morning, young neighbors. I hope you're doing well. Are you excited for the month of December? I am. This is the month we celebrate Jesus' birthday and his ministry and to get ready. This is the season of Advent, which means arrival, coming, preparation. We are getting ready to celebrate the birth of Jesus and learn from his ministry when he was among us. Do you have an Advent wreath? Each candle teaches us another life lesson Jesus wants us to learn and use in our daily lives. Let's look at the Advent wreath and see what it means. The circle of the wreath symbolizes God's never-ending love for us. The evergreens symbolize everlasting life, even in the middle of winter. The lit candles shine light into the darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. The purple candle reminds us of royalty. The first candle we lit last week is the prophet candle, representing hope. This is the hope that Jesus would be born, the Son of God, to be among us. The second candle is called the Bethlehem candle. It represents faith. Now, what do you think of when you hear the word faith? Kind of tough, isn't it? It is a belief in something that we can't touch, can't smell, or even taste. We just trust and we believe. So our readings for today also talk about getting ready and being prepared and doing our best. Do you remember John the Baptist? He was in the wilderness getting people ready for Jesus' ministry. People came to see him from many towns and walked many miles to listen to him. He baptized people with water in the Jordan River, telling people to repent for the forgiveness of their sins. That means to change your bad behavior, ask for forgiveness for the bad things you have done, and try to do better. To put it bluntly, he was saying, get ready, be prepared, do your best. Somebody very powerful is coming. He said, after me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So who is he talking about? That's right, Jesus. Being baptized by Jesus meant that you joined the family of God, our family of faith. We have faith in Jesus that he always loves us and wants the best for us. So let's bow our heads for a prayer. Thank you for the season of Advent that prepares us to celebrate Jesus' birthday and his ministry among us. Help us to remember the lessons he taught. Be kind to others. 
love one another, and have a forgiving and grateful spirit. Help us to remember that Christmas is not all about presents. It is about getting together with family to show our love for each other, just as Jesus loves us. Have a wonderful week. Thy little ones, dear Lord, are we, and come thy lonely bed to see, enlighten every soul and mind, that we the way to thee may find. With songs we hasten thee to greet, Our Gospel lesson for this Sunday, the second Sunday of Advent, is from the Gospel of Mark, the first chapter, verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, I have mentioned a number of times these past months that one of the things I love to do is to go canoeing in the Boundary Waters Canoe Area, the BWCA of northern Minnesota. And I have canoed with kids, both, both as their pastor and as their dad, for many, many years. When we go canoeing, we have a variety of dented canoes and old packs for camping gear, clothes and food, and we typically spend a week in the wilderness. And it is just a wonderful time in a wild area out in northern Minnesota. 
Well, I suppose everyone will have a different opinion uh, about this canoeing, but if you ask people what the worst part of a canoe trip is, bugs or bears or outdoor toilets, no showers, no running water, and so on, many people would say the worst part of the canoe trip is portaging. Portaging is what you do to get from one lake to another, since most of the lakes are not connected by convenient streams. So, you land on one lake shore, and you pick up your canoe and your paddles and life jackets, packs full of tents and sleeping bags and clothes and food, and you carry everything over rocks and down trees and through the woods, sometimes up, sometimes down, until you get to the next lake. Then you load everything back in your canoe and head to the other end of the lake, where you do the portaging thing all over again. Portages are measured by rods. One rod is 16 and a half feet long, about the length of a canoe. And portaging is really hard work, especially if the terrain of the portage is rocky or muddy or simply overgrown with underbrush and tree branches. Well, the ancient prophet Isaiah in our Old Testament lesson for today, and then Mark in our gospel lesson, the one that I just read, really imagine our journey this Advent season to be like a portage of sorts. We find ourselves in a wilderness and a voice cries out. But we're not traveling between lakes in northern Minnesota, nor through the ancient desert wilderness around the Judean countryside, no. We're traveling through time toward the moment in the church year when we remember and celebrate again God's gift of love to us in that little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The terrain we travel through this Advent season lies within us. It is our faith or spiritual lives. And it is littered with our sin and brokenness which, like the rocks and mud and undergrowth of a portage, makes our traveling difficult. And so the prophet cries out, prepare the way of the Lord. Let me try to illustrate my own brokenness and sin that, like obstacles on a portage, get in the way of the coming of the Christ child into my heart this Advent and Christmas season. And this happened a couple of years ago. I don't know how many of you ventured out on Black Friday, that day right after Thanksgiving when shopping for Christmas begins in earnest. It was a little over a week ago now. Even though store openings on Thanksgiving night and shopping on the internet have cut into Black Friday shopping, my impression is that it's still not for the faint of heart, not for amateur shoppers. While typically I never venture near a mall on Black Friday, a couple of years ago I wanted to return a pair of pants that I'd purchased from a store in an outlet mall that were, the pants were the wrong size and I wanted to bring them back. I waited until late Black Friday afternoon and then I steeled myself, thinking that I would just dash in and out and avoid all the wild pushing and shoving and wrestling for deals. Wrong. But not wrong in the way you might imagine. When I got to the outlet mall, it was not too crowded. The store I was going into only had a few shoppers. There was no pushing and no shoving. What caught me was not the crowds, but the great deals. 
I left the pants I wanted to exchange at the counter, and I told the young woman there that I would be right back with a different pair. But on my way to the pants section of the store, I had to walk by the shoe section, and oh, what a deal they had. If I bought one pair of shoes at a sales price, I could get two more pairs of shoes for free. Wow! First I slowed down, then I glanced at the variety of shoes, and then I made a little rationalization. It won't hurt to look. And one and a half hours later, I left the store with my exchange pair of pants and three new pairs of shoes. Now, I don't need three pairs of shoes, nor two pairs, nor one. I could give away at least five pair and still have enough and more than enough. But oh, what a good deal, and oh, how easily I'm tempted, and how easily I give in. And this little selfishness, because in the end, that's what it is, this buying more and more stuff for myself in a world where people go to bed hungry every night, this is part of the wilderness of sin and brokenness that I find myself in these days. Anything in our lives that separates us from God, that keeps us from recognizing his claim on our lives and his call to live out his love for humankind and all creation, that's sin. Our selfishness, our unwillingness to forgive those who have offended us, our blindness to the needs of others, our pride, our prejudice, all of these things are sin, and all of it together is a wilderness where our thoughts and words and actions reflect just how human and self-centered we can be. We've entered into a very special time of year, Advent. Advent is a time to hear and to take heart to voices like John the Baptist crying out in her gospel text today, crying out in our wilderness of sin and selfishness, crying out for us to repent, crying out for a change of heart and a change of direction. You may have heard this little poem before. It's one of my favorites. It's called Ready for Christmas, and it's by Alice Mortensen. Ready for Christmas, she said with a sigh, as she gave a last touch to the gifts piled high. Then wearily sat for a moment and read, till soon, very soon, she was nodding her head. Then quietly spoke a voice in her dream, Ready for Christmas? What do you mean? Ready for Christmas when only last week you wouldn't acknowledge your friend on the street? Ready for Christmas while holding a grudge? Perhaps you'd better let God be the judge. Why, how can the Christ child come and abide in a heart that is selfish and filled with pride? Ready for Christmas when only today a beggar lad came and you turned him away without even a smile to show that you cared. The little he asked, it could have been spared. Ready for Christmas? You've worked, it's true, but just doing the things you wanted to do. Ready for Christmas? Your circle's too small. Why, you are not ready for Christmas at all. She awoke with a start and a cry of despair. There's so little time and I've still to prepare. Oh, Father, forgive me, I see what you mean. To be ready means more than a house swept clean. Yes, more than the giving of gifts in a tree. It's the heart swept clean that he wants to see. A heart that is free from bitterness sin. Ready for Christmas means ready for him. Too often, like the woman in the poem, we're not ready for Christmas. We're not ready for him. 
we're not ready for the incredible gift God wants to give us. All of God's love and mercy and grace wrapped up in line in that little, ba that little baby in the manger. And if we're not ready, we can easily miss God's gift to each of us. I'm reminded of how easy that is to miss that incredible gift each time I remember this particular family story that happened years and years ago. That time, again, it was quite a while now, we took our kids to see the Grand Canyon. They were pretty young at the time, 10 and 8 and 7 and 3. We'd been traveling since early morning and it had gotten to be a long day. Everyone was kind of crabby and getting on each other's nerves. And then we got to the Grand Canyon and I'll never forget what happened next. We parked close to a spot where you could just get out of the car and look over the edge and see the whole vast panoramic view of this great natural wonder. People were ooing and aahing and some were simply struck silent with the awesomeness of it. My kids? Two wouldn't even get out of the car. Thought about dragging them out of the car, but I suspected their screaming and yelling would attract a lot of attention. They were so tired and so cranky that they wouldn't budge. And the other two got out reluctantly, but one look, but one look over the canyon and they walked back to the car and sat down and looked bored. We tried to give them this amazing gift, this encounter with wonder, and they couldn't receive it. They were just too caught up in their unhappiness with us and with each other. It was such a sad disappointment all the way around. At Christmas, God intends to give each of us his gift of love and mercy and grace that is much deeper than the Grand Canyon, much wider than the sky above it, altogether breathtaking and awesome. If we are to be ready for Christmas, ready for him, ready for all of God's love wrapped up in that little baby in the manger, and given to broken and sinful people, ready for the gift God wants to give each of us, then what roads of selfishness and sin do we need to clear this Advent season? What bridges mend? What broken relationships repair? What prejudice confessed? What behaviors dealt with and changed? But what if our roads are too cluttered to be clear? What if our bridges are too broken to be mended? What if our prejudice is too deeply ingrained to be rooted out? What if our behaviors are beyond our will to change? Oh, then good news, my dear friends in Christ, good news indeed. John the Baptist proclaims at the end of our gospel lesson today that he baptized with water, but the one who came after him would baptize with the Holy Spirit. If we were to read just through this first chapter of Mark, we would see evidence of the Spirit's working. Jesus calling his first disciples and casting out demons and healing the sick, cleansing a man with leprosy. This wonderful Advent season reminds us most of all that he is coming again. Coming to all of us who can't seem to clear our roads. Coming to us who bridges lie in ruins. Coming to us caught in our prejudice. Coming to us whose behaviors still bind and confound us. He's coming to call us, to cast out our darkness, to heal us and cleanse us from sin. He's coming, and that is good news, good news indeed. Amen. Lead me, guide me along the way. 
my strength and power to help me over my weakest hour. Help me through the darkness I face to see. Lead me, O Lord, lead me. Lead me, guide me along the way. For if you lead me, I cannot stray. Lord, let me walk each day with thee. Lead me, O Lord, lead me. Help me train the paths of righteousness. Be my aid when Satan and sin oppress. I am putting all my trust in thee. Lead me, O Lord, lead me. Each day with thee, lead me, O Lord, lead me. I am lost if you take your hand from me. I am blind without your light to see. Lord, just always let me your servant Thanks again, Debbie and Jim, for the beautiful music. We continue then as we confess our faith together in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I'll ask Debbie and Jim to come and do our prayers of intercession. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children 
God of power and might, comfort your people and come quickly to this weary world. Hear our prayers for everyone in need. Faithful God, you teach us to wait for you with faithfulness and patience. Sustain and support us in our doubts and questions. Nurture our faith as we discern and enact your mission. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Loving God, you set the stars in the sky and breathe life into the earth. Renew the face of creation where it is in need of your healing touch. Mend the wounds of environmental damage and restore balance to ecosystems so that all creation can declare your praise. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Steadfast love. God, you never tire of seeking justice. Where people suffer from discrimination, judgment, and injustice, speak words of truth and comfort. Lead us toward a world where faithfulness will sprout underfoot and righteousness rain down from above. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Leading God, you ask us to make uneven ground smooth. Make even the disparities between your people. Sustain and support people with physical and intellectual disabilities. Accompany disability advocates who work for a world accessible to all. Teach us to celebrate the great diversity in our midst. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Tender God, you know sorrow and joy alike. We pray for those in our families and parish who are not joyful in this holiday season. Comfort those who grieve. Be a companion to all who are lonely. Tend those who are sick or struggling with depression. And gather all people in your healing embrace. Especially Tammy and Kelsey Zamuda, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Christina Burgett, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Rick Elmer, Randy Goglin, Andy Elmer, Rachel Seacrest, Julie Dubois, Jim Wade, Scott Morgan, Tim Elmer, Viola Haugrud, and we remember the family of Sherm Olson. Your mercy is great. Eternal God, we give thanks for the saints who have prepared your way in the wilderness and taught us to continue their faithful work. Make their generous lives an example for all. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Draw near to us, O God, and receive our prayers for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your Spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power, send us grace. We continue then with the sharing of the peace.
Now may the peace of Christ be with you always. I'll invite you to bless yourself or someone worshiping with you using the Trinity formula, which is be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just mention our offering here. As people of faith, we're called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, to the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors in need. Thanks for considering uh, giving an offering for our ministry here at Neighbors United in Christ. And would you join me in an offering prayer? Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us and what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We continue then with the communion part of our service, and I'll invite you at this time to get a wafer or some bread and also grape juice or wine ready for the service. When we celebrate Holy Communion, we gather with all the saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and love shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. I'll share now the words of institution after which we'll pray together the Lord's Prayer, and then I'll invite you to eat the bread and to drink the wine. So first of all, hear these words. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this as oft as you eat it in remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to all to drink, saying, This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this wine, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Would you join me as we pray together the Lord's Prayer? Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. I'll invite you to take the bread or wafer, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus. This is my body broken for you. And then I'll invite you to take the wine or grape juice and hear this promise from Jesus. This is my blood shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. I'll invite you now to receive the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Invite Jim and Debbie to come for our closing songs. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the
listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. Our pastor today is the Reverend Greg Wilcox. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. He will take care.